0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resurrected Winners You podcast. Normally, at this is the point which I settle in to give you some trumped-up blurb of nonsense, but today we've got a doozy of a show for you, and no time to waste. <laughs> this game was described as deeply nostalgic by Shaq News. Everything Castlevania fans could possibly want by hardcore gamer, and longtime fans have plenty to compare this, Plenty to compare this to but we will still be bowled over by Screen Rant. I don't want to speak for Alex here, but I'm struggling to massively disagree with any of this. So, without further ado, my name is David, and sitting 29 miles across from me is Mr. Alex Aldridge. How are you doing today, Alex? Yo, yo, I'm doing rather well. Do you want to have a guess at what the 29 is in reference to? Oh, what random sure. position I've pulled this from?
1: I wasn't sure if that was... Um, mm. Is it the... Mm. Number of minutes in which Spurs have been ahead in a football match under Ryan Mason. I don't know. <laughs> Could be.
0: It's um, how many games Igar has made. Apparently. Oh,
1: good old Koji Igarashi and his cowboy yes. hat. He's a root tootin' and Castlevania making man. Yes, yes. You say oh, and his wine glass, glass of blood.
0: Yeah, a lot of those <laughs> um, uh, twenty-nine games are. Castlevania or Castlevania, Jason. He has spent a long old time. And then you chucked in Scribbernauts randomly towards the end of his time. I saw with, that too, um, yeah.
1: is it Konami, Capcom? Konami, yeah. And, um, uh, <laughs> well, I was actually going to mention it earlier, but um one of the other games that he did, this was after he was, I, su- I suppose in his eyes, mm-hmm. demoted, but he wasn't really, to their, he was put on their social division, which is like... <laughs> one of the most egregious misuses of talent i think i've ever heard of uh he made a, he went he produced a game on the 360 called Otomedius excellent and just look at the bo- <laughs> just look at the box art it's a it's a okay. gradius is it gradius or Gra- gradius oh i don't know, I don't know. it's a spin off of gradius o t o m e d i u s excellent just look at the box art i tell you all you fucking need to know good god yeah. so basically oh it's uh is it a bullet hell it's a bullet it's a shmup but all the planes are big women <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which you know it must be a dream of some men to just be shot mercilessly by a big-breasted anime girl
0: oh yeah here's a big-breasted anime girl shooting missiles out of her chest shooting another big-breasted anime girl
1: Oh, one on one. Or four lo- on four, whichever way you like looking? Um
0: She's got a, I don't know, a pirate ship with a picture of a, a magic carp.
1: <laughs> I'm going to
0: put this on the screen for anyone. Look at the state of this. For anyone watching the YouTube video. They can enjoy that as we get deplatformed for porn. <laughs> oh my God, I just seen another picture that was on there. Oh, good Lord. So he got demoted then did this or did this get him demoted?
1: Oh no, that was while he was there. They could. put him in this they put him in the social division but they could not hold him back they from could not. making that. Even the
0: it's just even the like the enemy designs are just as mad.
1: And you know you know how much of a big fan and any if we have out there any legacy listeners to our content which I sincerely expect is probably just maybe our parents, but they don't listen to it anyway. But anybody out there who followed us since 2009 knows I'm a big fan of Death Smiles and that is questionable because because of the scene at the end of the game where they're all sitting in like a steam bath, in a towel, and it reveals in the instruction book one of them's 13 or some shit. So there's nothing cool about that. Although those games are great. But this game apparently sucks anyway. So And it's, it's like... Almost impossibly difficult, so I feel in no way compelled to buy it. Which is growth, <laughs> growth from like two weeks ago where I bought Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball multiple <laughs> times until I got the one I wanted. <laughs> Did you have to
0: complain and send them back? So you had to like complain yeah. to an actual human being. Yeah. Look at the state of my yeah, yeah. Dead or Alive. You, you beach gave
1: volleyball. me, you gave me a Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball in which the picture of the bikini clad woman was shrunk to put some platinum coloring on it i don't want this
0: get it out of here do you think i'm buying this for the gameplay
1: i probably was though to be fair i am buying it for the gameplay because as we said on a different pod maybe this pod i don't know supposedly a very good volleyball game supposedly a very
0: good volleyball game there is no competition so there's no competition and also i'm questioning the motives of the people saying this because they <laughs> bought dead or alive beach volleyball to find this out
1: yeah well i'm one of them so. you are <laughs> I, i'm a man of questionable judgment so everything that goes from this point onwards ignore it there's like
0: a dingy prostitute den in tokyo somewhere that to get in you've got to come down with a little battered copy of dead or Live beach volleyball and show the bouncer before they let you in the door
1: <laughs> and he needs to check how sticky it is yeah if <laughs> proves if you're legit or not does it
0: smash if i throw it at the wall into a thousand yeah. pieces yeah
1: can I open the pages of the instruction manual? If so, you've not played it, get out. Get out of here, you You're not think. coming in. <laughs> Your book's not jizzed, you're not coming in. Um, Funny we're talking about this kind of thing on the day Rolf Harris died as well. Hooray, yeah. by the <laughs> way. Yay. Serendipitous. I said that when I noticed it. I went at work today. I went, oh, Rolf Harris is dead. Whee! And then somebody was like, oh, you can't say that. A man's died. Come on. Yeah, but,
0: Come it, on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're you're, what? you're fighting the wrong corner, there, friend.
1: What's your what's your what's your like your limit on not cheering the death of people? I mean, I think one, I think I my colleague said, you know, who would you um, like? Let's try and gauge who you would actually cheer for when they died. Then, and he said, Goebbels. Like, I don't think any of us are, are ever going to realise because he was long dead before we were born. Yeah, why Goebbels? Why it was, it was like a twenty. 20- 20-something-year-old man just picked Goebbels out of the air. (laughs) It's okay. Fair enough.
0: That's the last time he cried. Or, no, cheered, sorry.
1: Yeah, Rolf Harris and Goebbels. (laughs) Kindred spirits in hell. I did, did, to be fair, I did laugh at the Twitter feed of it where I found, I went to search for something and it said, Rolf Harris (laughs) trending alongside hashtag nonce. And then... The feed, the feed was basically loads of pictures of Philip Schofield with a Rolf Harris goatee and glasses on. <laughs> uh, uh Glad that the nation is not forgetting, or at least the social media part of the nation is not forgetting, that he groomed a child and then came out as gay to try and smooth it over. He did the old Kevin Spacey. The old Kevin Spacey bait and switch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't bait and switch us when you're talking about excellent video games because we got a doozy we do we do so we start with your thoughts because then i'll go into all this shit
0: well the actual game itself is absolutely amazing and i think it's like amazing in a way that is like sort of sort of the gameplay is modern enough to be like a nice like so i'm trying to think how to put this into words without saying something i don't mean but like castlevania when we played it was at last year um was like yep. a just big be- instantly became like an all-time classic for david and just became like a really important game in the to me anyway within the pantheon of games oh it, it's it, and it, it, it just is this one is in terms of gameplay for me was like not that castlevania wasn't fun in any way shape or form because it was um, it just felt like I'd modernised that sort of gameplay loop in a nice way that I appreciated. Or maybe I just started engaging with stuff. Like, we were speaking about the different builds you can do. Is that yeah. a thing you can do in Castlevania? Because, like, as we spoke about, I would have just... Unless I had been playing this sort of alongside you, I would have just bludgeoned on through with one build and never changed. Like, I never would have explored that, and I feel like I would have missed out.
1: I would say you, you probably can't do that in Symphony of the Night quite as much. But you probably can do it in some of the more, you know, the more recent Egovania mm. igav- games, as they call them. So, yeah, this Related just sort of obviously.
0: felt like a touched up around the edges, gameplay-wise. Um, I did encounter a few bugs I think I spoke to you about, and one hilarious bug yeah. that allowed me to absolutely just cheese the life out of a, of a boss. Same. Do you remember when
1: um, Dominique oh, oh, fell yeah. through the floor? And I, yeah. I managed to just find her with the void ray somewhere hiding down the bottom <laughs> and just swing it round really rapidly until I managed to get some DP points at the bottom. DP? No. Damage? It, I don't know. Damage points.
0: I um, continue to be sort of building on what we were just chatting about. Like, confusedly, confused and baffled by the art style of these games. They, ju- I just can't, I don't understand... None of, it, none of it fits and none of it makes not even saying it's bad <laughs> i'm just saying like that nothing fits with anything else it is just off the yeah. wall insane and castlevania i remember thinking the same thing about that
1: as well yeah i mean elements of the older castlevania games were sort of like trying to be a greatest hits of horror kind of to a on a larger okay. scale than resident evil has been so especially things like symphony of the night and a couple of ones after that a lot of the monsters you'll see are just kind of, you know, ticking boxes for, you know, you fight in Dracula, but there's also like Frankenstein's monster and werewolves and zombies and, and all this kind of women stuff. Women playing guitars. Dreadons. Yeah, well, they, yeah, but then eventually, yeah, his creative juices just seemed to overflow, and he went nuts with it. Now, when this, this game had a trailer come out, in fact, I might show you it now. So the first trailer that came out, I think after the Kickstarter had finished, mm-hmm. they'd done quite a lot of work on it, looked dog shit. And people were quite disappointed. And uh, obviously, being the time that we live in, were not shy about making their feelings known. Mm-hmm. So they delayed the game by a significant amount of time to sort that out. Um, you'll see from that trailer that I've just sent you, um, they actually even, at the, right at the beginning of the trailer, This is their official trailer as well for the release date. They actually put like shots of uh, Twitter comments about people just like dissing the game, and then like showed like how they'd updated the graphics to make them much better. Like some one of those comments says, "Boy, does this game look rough?" Yeah, I'm just reading that in their own trailer.
0: Does I think this man just uh, I'm just so confused by him. Oh, Oh. and he's like, "No,
1: I will prove them wrong." Yeah, throws his glass down. Oh, you'll notice um, back to Big Titted Women, you notice they massively uh, reduced the breast size of that first boss. Christ, almighty. oh my God. He have Because the original was ludicrous. Yeah, it does look better. Miles better. <laughs> yeah, like Miles
0: better. night and day better.
1: I will say, in terms of like the lighting, in terms of the backgrounds, they largely achieved. I don't necessarily think the enemy design in this game. Is all that pleasing to look at? So I think the environments absolutely benefited from yeah. the time they took to do it. But some of the, I mean, some of the enemies look fine. Um, but it's not necessarily a game where I would say that the overall art style is in its plus points. Mm-hmm. And the bosses, especially, I think most of the bosses look absolutely ridiculous, just like terrible. Some of them just look like actual poo. Yeah. The, the the train one look just just looks like a bit of shit on a machine, some of the bosses where you get like their their techniques off them the you know the one with the double jump mm-hmm. and the one where you get like the reflector ray yeah just look like really bad like anime power rangers mm-hmm. and the fucking hand the little spider has rubbish stained glass window just morphed into like thing from Adam's family terrible you know the upside down dinosaur skeleton okay cool i guess yeah unless we forget the 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 worst of all johannes's running animation there is a man suffering from debilitating piles (laughs) just awful
0: i I never got over the fact how easily they your sort of companions were able to maneuver themselves around the castle like did they have some back passages i didn't have access to because they would just appear totally unscathed from
1: areas they're like the merchant from Resident Evil all the Resident Evils that have merchants in especially Village where they've got that massive obese, like morbidly obese lad Mm -hmm. just keeps rocking up in the corner like yeah phone aren't eating me mate they couldn't if they tried well yeah maybe the the layers of flab on his neck would stop them from getting to the blood source but that man's blood's got to be doing a lot of work to keep him going it's got to be pumping around there pretty quickly so they missed a trick there they missed a big lunch
0: especially all those meals you're bringing him yeah
1: I forgot about that, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, again, th- you're right. This game, absolutely. People just seem to just show up behind you. Although I guess quite a lot of them have ulterior motives that we end up finding. I mean, Zangetsu survives going to hell, apparently, and then just comes back at the end. The yeah. A little secret post-credits scene. Oh,
0: I didn't see that. Oh, he just comes back. I thought he was dead.
1: Yeah, he just comes back and picks his sword up and is like, yep. Mosey and on. Son of a bitch. Because there's, they not, do we not like discuss
0: how sad we are that he's died at some point?
1: Probably in some dialogue that you and I would have skipped. Yeah, probably one of them times when you go to Johannes to make a, you know, make an omelette, and he starts talking to you about bloody summoning demons from hell and shard bringers and whatever. It's Dishing out nice massive spoilers. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up, mate. Go and make my ice, my my strawberry crepe with your I- consomme. Get out of my sight.
0: I don't know whether, what it says about me or the game, but I spent so long cooking stuff in this game. Just spent so I, much time doing recipes and running back and forth to grind out stuff. Well, that's uh, something we were
1: going to get to later, but we might as well talk about that now. That's probably one of the biggest updates to this. There was a game, so Igarashi who is the you know founder of art play the developer behind this mm. man who kickstarted it made the whole thing happen obviously he's done a lot of oh, he's been a producer and a scenario writer on a lot of castlevania games particularly on the GBA and the DS which are some of the best games in the series mm. as those games went on lots of the elements that are in this game were introduced for example and i, I don't remember exactly which one it was um, but there's one one of the games introduced like you taking the enemy's powers and then using them for yourself um, one of them introduced like dealing with a village of survivors mm-hmm. I think that was Order of Ecclesia did that one so he's taken like loads of elements from all these games and kind of amalgamated them all into okay. what we play now but I there's, there is something kind of I guess I don't know, relaxing about the cooking, maybe not but you can focus on something, I guess, for a bit rather than just getting lost in a map and getting killed. There was an yeah. element to the cooking that I didn't hate. It's just when you have to then go grind one enemy by running off the screen and coming back again and hitting it until it bloody well... Dro- I mean, I made an entire luck build to get some bloody... F- I don't know what it was, floating beef or whatever it was to make all the meals. But then the reward is so good. Yeah, the reward the is recycler awesome. recycler hat and you can get the most op build in the game where you can get a gun with infinite diamond bullets because i would never have looked at guns before i had that because they're useless you have to buy bullets I constantly
0: a, i never used to gun was once i yeah. made that build yeah, yeah you're right and if i'm honest in when i was in the moment i was enjoying going off grinding like just like working out right what do i need to do where do i get that stuff let's run yeah. about and try and find the sort of path of least resistance is there like one that you know yeah. when you come into a room and it's right there you can kill it yeah. and then run straight back out again and there was something quite fun about that but i think i text you about it there was one point where i was i was doing it and i was just like what am i doing yeah what am i doing like if someone had just like walked in and just like watched what i was doing they'd be like what
1: a waste of time <laughs> don't you understand like there's more to the why are you continually going back in that same room and killing the woman with the guitar well, because she's going to drop a strawberry eventually, and I need a strawberry. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> and again, that
0: that falls into that makes no sense. You're in a you're in a castle full of demons, and you're going hunting for strawberries to feed some lady a strawberry crepe.
1: <laughs> some woman who has the most bottomless appetite. Yeah. Despite oh being my a, goodness. A old as fuck. B enfeebled. C so stupid she can't even remember any of the food that she actually yeah. wants. <laughs> but and D never satisfied just constantly like can you go make me something else that i don't remember and eventually you feed her like third like 25 meals in a row
0: and she just goes to bed yeah you I, I i can only i can only draw the conclusion that you've put her into a food coma at that point she's just got
1: probably an actual coma
0: yeah it's like one of those snakes you know when those snakes that eat something massive and they're that <laughs> shape. she's just like a Giant ball of strawberry crepe. And then she just falls asleep. Yeah, to burn it all off.
1: She doesn't even ask for the food in a logical order. So no. She's like, oh, can you can you give me, you know, a, a nice bowl of ice cream with some strawberries in it? And you're like, yeah, there you go. What do you want now? Oh, I'll have some fucking ramen. <laughs> what? Why? You spent so much time you've, doing that. You've just had
0: dessert, Susie. I, can't, I just can't decide if I, I like like I said to you, I, I think in the moment I loved it and then there was (laughs) something that just i don't know what it was and it was right at the end as well so it didn't really matter but it just sort of something happened it took me out of it and i was like why am i doing this but it was so worth it
1: you floated out of your body and just looked down on yourself and was like what's happened it's been hours
0: yeah hours of this honestly i think it was like two or three evenings that's all i did was (laughs) grind for stuff
1: (laughs) I had the luxury of waiting for you to be able to catch up because obviously, um, I guess you had to. I think you had to wait to buy it for a payday or something, and I yeah. obviously had it from years ago. Well, I backed it on Kickstarter, and uh, yeah, so I was like, well, I'm waiting for David to catch up. I might, I might actually see this cooking thing through all the way to the end and see if it's worth actually doing. And bloody hell, it was worth doing. But the reward was worth it. it oh, the
0: reward is. Oh my god, that is like that changes. That changes the game, like. Yeah, changes everything about the game and makes what is quite a challenging game I thought into something that is just nothing, like nothing. (laughs) That end boss was dead in minutes and then I started for a bit going around trying to collect stuff for the the demon and ens- so yeah, I think it was like the demon encyclopedia, so there's like unique demons oh, you did, that you can yeah. only get in one place. So I started like I, I went hunting for like well the carpenter was the one that we spoke about a few times. There's one that you yeah. can get on the on the train that's just like this blob demon. And then there's one that looks like a slot machine that yeah. you can fight and like those things as soon as you get the gun with the infinite ammo hat. Is it a hat? Yeah. Um in the diamond bullets, it just it, everything is just easy the eight bit nightmare which had killed me before i just wiped right through it <laughs>
1: yeah. there's
0: an area that's got like a giant giant enemies as well it's like if all the enemies are yeah. supersized that again yeah. that was just so easy Den of the behemoths. Yeah. yeah but in a way it felt fun and rewarding because it was like oh no, i've really earned this weapon because i've put so much time and effort into sort of making this build and actually building this like i have i have specifically gone out to To make this character play like this, yeah, it felt like a reward that I had put the time in, and also, well, I was going to say worked out how to make it, but no, I just copied you basically. Didn't work at anything.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't know that was going to be the case either until I started realizing you could do over three hundred damage per shot, and you have infinite. I never got
0: that high. I got up to like two seventy or something like that, and then Mm. mine wasn't top. Mine seemed to top out. I couldn't quite get your
1: get the peaks, but it didn't matter. Did not matter. No, no. But that's, there has to be the power fantasy at some point in these games. And that is, what the, that is the point of what these games have been for a lot. Like, Super Metroid mm-hmm. was the same as well. Um, Dark Souls, you know, that's why people love grinding for builds in Dark Souls, that they can mm-hmm. absolutely break the game with. And it felt really nice to actually have done it for once, because I never felt like I've done that in any other game, really. Found the game-breaking build that's made me just waltz my way to the have end. Have you never
0: had a build in a Souls game that you've thought, this is ridiculous?
1: Maybe not ridiculous, just that I really enjoyed it. Mm. I don't, feel, I don't feel like I've ever just had one where everyone's getting killed in one hit like this one was doing. This one, yeah, you felt like you'd, I, yeah, felt. And like it's I distance don't. weapon as well, so you can't. Even, no one can even touch you. No, not at all. Let's get through. Let's get through some of the trivia, right? So, apparently, this game came about. The Japanese games development scene was apparently very um, surprised and took a lot of notice in. K.G. Inafune's decision to leave Capcom and then start a Kickstarter for no- Mighty Number no. Nine.
0: So, do you know much about why he left? Was it because of because I, 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 I don't know
1: if he I don't know if he was made to. I, can't remember I wonder if this now.
0: is like my read is perhaps wrong, but like I, I feel like in our it's, I'm very fascinated by the idea that in sort of Japanese culture, it's a very respect based. Put society everything's based on like age and respect yeah. of your elders and stuff like Aurifics that and, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and I, I can't remember where i heard this and so i don't even know if it's true i think it was maybe a university lecture it's like they, they will tend not to sack people they'll just sort of move them into an area that they can't do any damage and it like that in itself is almost worse than getting sacked because they're gonna because everybody you work with say like they move you somewhere where you're it's an obvious demotion everybody knows it's a demotion but you still got to go to work with all these people whereas if you just left got sacked got a new job you can sort of start afresh whereas you don't get that opportunity that's that's harsh in a way that i was surprised by so it makes me wonder yeah. did something happen with his relationship with konami that he got moved because that's a, that's a that's a that's not even a sideways move based on what you were saying. no
1: yeah yeah it's um kind of like what happened to my dad when my dad. Was getting close to retirement age and they they made him apply for his own job again and he apparently put through this like you know like half hour long powerpoint presentation to show like how loads of the processes Mm -hmm. were invented by him and they didn't give him the job and gave it to some guy in his 30s and asked my dad to train him and my dad was like nope but they didn't sack him my dad my dad just had like a floating job for the last like year of his career just what do you want to do he was like, oh, I'd quite fancy to go traveling again. I haven't done that for about 20 years since I had kids. So, can I go to America again or something? And they just let him go off Amazing. and do whatever he wanted. He just floated about, just being a boss. <laughs> While some fucking 30 year old was like, Can you show me up? Nope. <laughs> they wanted to know, should have kept me in the job, but nah. <laughs> but whereas Inafune apparently just um, wanted to start his life over, apparently. He'd been with Capcom 23 years. He said, the game industry itself must change the way it goes about making games. And he cited that job security creates complacency amongst staff and big budgets with very large staff create problems within Japanese game companies. So he buggered off to make a terrible video game that he should be rightly ashamed of. (laughs) However, he clearly was not necessarily... Behind the best bits of Mega Man, whereas Inafuna, uh sorry Igarashi, mm. was definitely behind the best parts of Castlevania, yeah. which is why his did a hell of a lot better. Um, as we discussed a bit earlier, you know, he's, he's mainly known for Castlevania games. He's one of the sort of forefathers of the, the Metroidvania genre, which is why we're here for Metroidvania right now. Um, his first game was, of course, Symphony of the Night, which he was a uh, assistant director and a programmer for which he really basically sort of adapted the the formula of the 8-bit and 16-bit games and kind of added this non-linear exploration to it and the rpg mm-hmm. elements which is what is a staple of what they have been ever yeah. since then really um that 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 type of castlevania game was known as an egovania game if you if you're sort of you know one of the fans if you're really the tearing apart the fans. genre. Yeah, exactly. Cuz now they call it like search action. I don't know if that's. Oh, well, I've not Nintendo heard that. That tried to call it that, but that's what a lot of people seem to call the genre because there's so many more games than Castlevania and Metroid now they call it search action games. Um
0: they're, they're yeah, in my head they're Metroidvanias. Yeah. Probably exactly. always Me will too. be. I think um yeah. I, I don't I don't know if this is even a valid point, and maybe I'm talking at my ass, but I do think so. I've I, when you were talking about how he wanted to, he said he thought that the the games industry had to change the way it made games. I actually think
1: that was in though, funedo, not. All oh, right, okay, well, yeah, it, so that's it made Mega man it, guy.
0: It made me that for some reason it kicked loose a little memory in my head, and I've got I, I, met, I, I just remembered listening to I probably an IGN podcast back in like two thousand and eight nine when we were at uni. And it was around about like the Final Fantasy 13 stuff. And hmm. caveat all this with I've not played any Final Fantasy game, and I'm not speaking from any point of authority here. I'm just sort of parroting a story I heard 15 years ago. And <laughs> um, they were talking about how, like, so this was at a time where like Fallout was coming out, Skyrim was coming out, um, yeah. and loads of like the, the Western RPG was really starting to get into its stride. Witcher 2 had come out, which again was like one of the biggest things on PC. Um, and. They were talking about how the Western developers had really hit their stride, and it felt like Japanese development had stagnated somewhat. In that they were, yeah. con- t- they had sort of continued to make the games that were always popular in the same way that they were always popular, and sort of never moved them forward. It, so it's had it made me think that, so like looking at Bloodstained and like various games, like well, Zelda is another one, the Mario games, like the Japanese games industry in terms of like diversity of talent is probably as good as it's ever been i think and it's a real nice success story if we take that story from 10 15 years ago to be true that it really the, the industry in that part of the world really has upped its
1: game i think in recent over the last what six seven years i think even konami has decided to go back into making proper games again mm-hmm. you know silent hill remake and they're doing like actual nintendo direct versions of their own series again whereas they were just done with that and do you
0: know period. what has perhaps spurred this creativity spurt within that corner of the world? Because I would even say, like, it doesn't have to be necessarily linked to games. Like, you and I talk about, like, Asian, well, like, Japanese and Korean TV, and that some of that TV at the moment is some of the best going. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. They just seem to have hit this vein of creativity that is just knocking out of the park a lot of the time. It's interesting, I, 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 I wonder what's changed, I
1: guess. It's something it's that. something that would be very interesting to look into. That's absolute that's for sure because mm. Inafune has gone on record multiple times about uh sort of 10 plus years ago saying um stuff like uh oh I looked around all the different games on the Tokyo Game Show floor and I said man Japan is over we're done our game industry is finished. I look around Tokyo Game Show and everyone's making awful games Japan is at least 5 years behind. So he was very outspoken. Apparently, Phil Fish was very um, critical of modern Japanese games as well. Oh, really? Um, before that guy was cancelled off the face of the earth. Yeah. He um, but apparently, Inafune agreed with him and said, yeah, I agree. We're, he's right. We're, we should be embarrassed about this. So perhaps that that was a sentiment not entirely confined to one man. It yeah. was uh, maybe felt industry-wide over there. But you're right. They have Capcom especially. um you know, like I said, Konami have gone back into games development, but Capcom especially have massively upped their game. Mm-hmm. You look where they were for Resi 6 era, which yeah. is where they are now, mm-hmm. just knocking out hit after hit. They even remade Mega like, did a Mega Man, whatever, that was very well received.
0: Yeah. And this um, upcoming Street Fighter Six looks looks to be good for people that are into that type of game. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. Tekken Community also looks another sure. kind of game. I think we're getting the three big fighting games out this year. We're getting Tekken, Mortal Kombat, and Street Fighter all in the same year, perhaps, which is a bumper right. year for the old fighting. What, game what,
1: what is it? Nineteen ninety? Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Anyway,
0: yeah. sorry, I have dive. I have gone off the off in a complete right. tangent, but it just.
1: That's why people come to us.
0: I just wanted to mention. No, it we need to look it, into that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, as we were saying, Igarashi. Some of the games he worked on, the, the sort of the more prominent ones that people know him for, were Harmony of Di- Castlevania. These are all Castlevania. Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. Have you GBA, played all of these? Which, yes. The the GBA games. The, he didn't do the first one, which was Circle of the Moon, which I guess you could probably look at as like an homage to symphony of the night but on gba and then he decided to stick his all back in those three games are obviously playable on the whatever the castlevania portable collection is which is well worth the price of it where do you get that anything switch xbox PlayStation, it's on all the modern stuff. It only came out a few years ago. I would recommend it on Switch because if you're going to play a GBA game, doesn't matter how they remaster it, you don't want it on a massive screen, really. No. Um, but they are very good. They need to make DS the DS games into a collection as well. They are Dawn of Sorrow, Portrait of Ruin, and Order of Ecclesia, which he was also producer on all of those and scenario writer. How the did they
0: two. use the double screen? Did they have the map up all the time? Because yes. that,
1: oh my God, that would be so
0: good yeah
1: the map and i guess you probably your inventory could be down there as well i think if you wanted to swap things around but yeah they work perfectly for the ds those games are excellent they're not cheap these days but they are i may say
0: this on every podcast now but i am i've been keeping an eye out for a good priced 3ds xl because i just want to go on a little spurt of buying 3ds games and ds games and and, ds yeah, yeah absolutely
1: yeah And they're region-unlocked as well, so you can buy them from absolutely anywhere. You never have to worry about shit like that. You can buy cheaper American versions or whatever. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to.
0: They're holding their price well, though, those consoles.
1: (laughs) It's Nintendo. Yeah. He uh, he also was the producer-slash-scenario writer on two games that are apparently very highly rated, um, but don't seem to ever really get talked about anymore. They are seemingly like forgotten gems but they are Lament of Innocence and Curse of Darkness on the PlayStation 2 Oh, they are 3D Castlevania games but ones that are apparently non-linear in the same way with the same kind of map oh, as wow. the 2D ones I own one of them but I've never bothered to play it but they are apparently well thought of these days they've had a bit of a renaissance in recent years yeah maybe because of Bloodstain. who knows as we were saying at the end of two two 2011, Igor actually got moved to the social division. Uh, apparently he felt like he was being misused by the company and he couldn't, He was too used to console development. He wasn't really understanding the of the mobile social market. social division? What? So dumb. And they made so a game. I don't even think I understand what I mean, because they, they moved to the social
0: division and he came and made a game. So he's not just like doing Twitter posts.
1: No, no, no. They're just making social games. So basically mobile games. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So he made, yeah, he made that stupid Otter Excellent. He also made a Kinect game, Lead Me's. Uh, He helped localize Scribblenauts, as you said. Um, And this is obviously when Konami decided that, and to be, you know, this is one of the only times I will be fair to Konami, is that the Japanese gaming scene had gravitated more towards mobile games than anything else.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: um, I believe partly that is due to the, the long-held culture of Japan where most houses would have a television in it in the living room and the father of the family was the boss of the television. So playing console games as a Japanese teenager was quite difficult. You wouldn't get a lot of time for it. So sure. mobile games is where everything sort of yeah, shifted. the, the PSP Canary and decided. stuff like
0: that. And For some reason, again... Monster Hunter, right? Yeah, you, you've... Um, i i would honestly must have been like 10 years old but you've again just like kicked loose a little david memory i've i watched a new it was when tamagotchis were a thing there was a news yeah. report talking about how tamagotchis were sweeping the world and how actually they had come from japan because of people typically living in small living spaces without a and lot of that. yeah and a lot of like no like garden space and stuff like that and this was an attempt to sort of Allow kids to learn about pets and things like that. So I guess it's the same, the same idea yeah. on a different side yeah. of the
1: coin. I, I when I went to Tokyo, um, it was like two thousand and I don't remember what year it was now sixteen or something. I uh, went to go see a friend of the guy who I went to Japan with. So he had a friend out in Japan, and he lived in a an apartment in Tokyo that was, I want to say, two rooms. One of those wow. rooms was a bathroom. So you had like a little hallway. So you'd go into a hallway and on the, alongside the wall of the hallway was a kitchen, like a, a hob and a sink on your right. On the left was the toilet and a shower. And then there was the main room and that was it. And he had his bed in there, which was also a seat. It was just like a fold up like futon that he sat on in the day and slept on in the night. And he basically sat in the middle of his floor and listen to music and play football manager on a laptop i mean
0: it's, it amazes me that amazes me that people live like that but also when i was in edinburgh last week working i the, the hotel that my work put me in was like a box there was like a toilet a corridor that was about as wide as i am and then a bed and then the tv yeah, was like about up like. on the wall and i was sitting there watching tv thinking if i was single I could just hook my Xbox up here and just be quite happy. Give me like a little hob (laughs) that I can cook my dinner on. I'm fine with this. Can you explain to me what
1: Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is? That was one of the stretch goals for the Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter campaign, which is what I was actually supposed to get onto anyway, that launched in May 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, They delayed the game by 27 months. Um, Apparently that is not well, there's no apparently about it. We know it's not uncommon for Kickstarter games to be heavily delayed. Apparently, yeah. the average delay is 13 months for a Kickstarter game. Obviously, a lot, most of them probably never even get made yeah. or don't even meet the goal. So, yeah, it had like 28 stretch goals or something. Um, it made $5.5 million, which was 11 times its original goal. It's the second most backed Kickstarter game of all time. David... Tell everybody listening what the most backed game on Kickstarter is.
0: On Kickstarter, I'm yeah. going to know it when I hear it, but I don't know. It's very
1: similar. It's very similar in oh, terms not of the feel is of Mighty. What's that? No, no, Mega no. Man one. No, not that. But it's it's very similar. It's an old Japanese game that people have been wanting for ages. A guy came back and said, "There we go, Shenmue 3 is the most backed game of all time because i think the most this backed the
0: game of all time but it's off it's not on kickstarter it would be probably be star citizen that's not like the hundreds of millions i think oh is it okay yeah.
1: what's that on then
0: pc no, it's still not i know oh,
1: what, what what was it was it being backed on Something
0: privately different. i think i think people are just sort of oh, logging onto the website and donating money to this thing oh okay. they started selling okay. ships and insurance and stuff like that and <laughs> The game's not even out yet and it's like 10 years old or something (laughs) like that. Jesus Christ. Sorry, Um, you were telling me about development and what Curse of the Moon is.
1: Yeah, so that was one of the Kickstarter goals was to create an entire 8-bit prequel game. It's an 8-bit prequel? It is basically the NES Castlevania games just with these characters. So you actually play as most of the people that you see in this game. You play as Zangetsu, you play as Alfred... And I don't remember who the other person you play is. Oh, it
0: looks exactly like a, an old school Castlevania game.
1: Yeah, plays that way too. And it's that was made by Inti Creates, who mostly worked on like Mega Man Zero, Mega Man X, uh, Zero uh, ZX. Sorry, and they also helped with Mighty No. Nine. Right. Okay. It's fun looking at the
0: eight bit versions of these bosses I've seen in three D now, because a lot of them are. There's a few crossovers yeah. here. That money wifey that has money and, like dripping out of her chest is there.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think uh, I think quite a lot of the bosses have been taken from that game That's and put cool. back into this one again. That's yeah. fun. And have you played this? Is it good? It's fucking hard. Is it? Yeah, the second one is, is the better of the two games for sure.
0: Curse of the Moon 2? Because there's a Curse yes. of the Moon. Okay, and is that an 8-bit yeah. one as well?
1: Yeah. That is a much better game. The, gra- the art style is like vastly improved. And all are these all linked
0: story-wise? So they're set in the same place, different characters. Well, they, they're apparently so
1: prequels. I, d- I don't know. I don't know how much of the story follows. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about the second one actually. But the first one's definitely a prequel. I can't remember how it ties in because I suck at it and I never finished it. So I don't know. <laughs> I would say uh, if I was to hazard an educated guess it would be that the story is like a kind of adjacent thing okay here's what zangetsu was doing to become this great warrior before he then ended up here here's what alfred was constantly holding
0: back as i as she liked to say
1: yeah apparently yeah oh no i wasn't going all out again (laughs) otherwise i'd have killed the shit out of you uh what else so another one of the stretch goals so yeah some of the more interesting stretch goals as well as that um castlevania curse of the moon was the voice actor for zangetsu do you know who it is uh oh well, we worked this out didn't we it's um gerald was that what we decided that that is what you know have you ever watched indie mouse no <clears throat> Indie mouse is like a, a a more long form australian version of donkey oh cool. nowhere near as funny i'll give him um, a follow but he is good watch. But he himself, in his video, made at least 10 jokes about Zangetsu being Geralt of Rivia. Uh, decided he obviously wasn't going to check anything before oh, he did all these no. jokes. It's fucking David Hater. It's Solid Snake. Is it? Amazing. Yeah. It's totally wrong. Oh, what? A, yeah.
0: Oh, I bet he's got it.
1: I saw something in the comments was like, oh my God, this guy's played the whole thing through and made a video and he didn't realize it was Solid Snake. And he was like, oh, I've never played the games. So, <laughs> which is weird. You've never played any Metal Gear? All right. But now, if you go back and hear it now, you'll just hear Solid Snake. Immediately. Oh, were they? Really? Yeah. So he was one of the stretch goals because obviously he's worked with Igarashi at Konami before, mm-hmm. or he's obviously met the guy. Also, the um, the composer for the game was um, Yamane, who did Symphony of the Night, among many other Castlevania soundtracks as well. Oh, there's a game, there's a gameplay mode. Did you did you try any of the other like? Oh no, I forgot. No,
0: no. Because there's ones there's where a, you can like random the game or something like that. Yeah, Is that
1: right? Yeah, there's a there's a rogue basically mode where it just randomizes. I'm not sure about the layout. I assume items that you get it yeah only randomizes those.
0: Because that's one. I think I I think when we discovered it was there, that was one thing I wanted. I I was saying to you, I yeah. I wish I knew Link to the Past enough to be able to play that randomizer yeah. mode that you can get on PC
1: because that seems like it would be great fun that take you so long. It takes me so long even when I know where the stuff is. Yeah. Yeah, you can play the whole game as Zangetsu, which is pointless. That's a long-running trope of Castlevania games by Igarashi, where if they give you like a... I think even in like um, Symphony of the Night, you, they give you like, yeah, you can play through the whole game as Rick de Belmont or whatever, and it's like you never actually get any powers, you never actually get any items, you never actually level up, you're just... It's just a like character. God, you're just—it's just God mode, but that you've just got that set of moves, and then what's the point of half the game? Yeah, if you're not increasing your powers and then unlocking items to get you through parts, yeah, it sort of defeats
0: the whole purpose, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> you've just pasted a like a really powerful bloke in it, and expect me to play it for <laughs> seventeen hours? I've just done it already. No, thank you. There's also supposed to be a versus mode, and local co-op, and online co-op in like a boss rush mode that they have initially said that um, was due out in something like Q2, Q3, 2000, uh, 2020 before things like classic mode, which has now come out, which is basically the, the 3d graphics, but mm-hmm. set to be like an old school Castlevania. So I did try that for a little bit. They have even like adapted Miriam's movement so that she kind of jumps and attacks in like the old school Castlevania ways. It's, Weird. Ew. I could not sit through playing that for that long. But yeah, we are missing out on these online co-op modes that's supposed to be coming in version 1.5, but we're still version 1.4. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. He's not done anything for a while. No, the most recent update on the Kickstarter was him saying, we're going to do a live stream of some Mario Kart. People were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Do the rest of the game we paid for, you prick. Take your fucking hat off, put your glass down, and get on with it. Of course, they 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 ditched a lot of versions as well. Like they ditched the Wii U version, they ditched the PS Vita version because that got discontinued because they delayed it so much. By the time they actually got the game out, the PS Vita was no longer viable, so they had to ditch cu- a couple of versions that people were paid for, which is Fair. unfortunate. Yeah, but they they offered they offered people that they could change to any version they Dash. want or have a refund. Okay, they did they did you know they did whatever they possibly could. But they basically had a roadmap that was supposed to finish in Q4 2020, but it's gone on a lot longer than that, and it's still, they have not finished it. I believe it's within a year of it coming out. So it came out in June 2019. So what was that, like four years Uh from when the Kickstarter started? They sold over a million copies in the first year. So it it did well, and I think there is rumours of a sequel coming out, which we both definitely hope that there is, because this game is fucking brilliant. I was going to go through the story, but to be honest, I can't be bothered. Um, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense, There's a yeah, big castle. Fucking, she can get shards into her body. Somebody's controlling her mate. For the, the couple of shard bringers, people have unleashed hell into a castle. you got to go there and stop it. Twist, the woman selling you all the stuff from the shops. Actually, the big oh the horrible God. person. She uh, apparently she was really pissed off that uh, when everyone was making shard bringers and summoning demons and stuff, they killed loads of humans. So she wanted to get revenge on God. So she uh, just summoned a big demon that you ended up killing with a with a <laughs> infinite diamond bullets. Yeah, I don't think she in, thought in a that minutes. through particularly well. No, probably not. Another one of the stretch goals was that this was promised to be Igarashi's biggest ever castle. Was that? A good thing did you enjoy how big the map was it was his biggest ever map did you think that was a good thing now we're going to get into back into the gameplay and the our opinions on the actual game again so um lay it on me brother i'm actually
0: not sure now you're saying that i'm I'm trying to think back and i'm not sure i think once you unlock the sort of fast travel points there was a couple there's a couple areas that the game wanted me to go back to that there was no clear and obvious sort of this is the fast travel point you want to go to. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, actually. I would need to sit and think about it. I'm really, really... It's not a great answer, but I just don't know. You were
1: worried at one point that it was going to make you do the whole thing upside down again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: But luckily, you can just make it turn upside down halfway
0: through. Yes, which is a nice little twist, because as soon as that game started, I was like, "This this is obviously going to have an upside down mode. And then it just it does it, but it doesn't do it quite in the way you'd expect it to, which is cool.
1: Yeah, upside down at your command, which yeah. is I think is fucking awesome.
0: I started leveling that up, but still, still no idea oh, what yeah. that did. It didn't seem to I be doing anything. It was, different.
1: Uh, I think it gives you some like invincibility frames after you've inverted, so that you don't get hit as uh, soon as you right, do. It.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. I think I stupidly
1: inverted the 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 game for the entirety of that fight with the um, slot machine, and yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that when it shoots all those coins out, that's just free money. You just pick that up. It's not even a projectile attack. It's just money. Is it? Yeah, you just get like twenty thousand G's just from picking up the coins. I didn't even you, notice. I was trying to I was trying to get out of the way of him and trying to shoot him from <laughs> the ceiling, and he's trying to give me free money. What an idiot!
0: What did you think about the map thing out of interest? Because that's no uh, now you've now you've you've stumped me.
1: It certainly, it certainly falls into that category of, like, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Why is there a hidden desert? Why is there a lava area in this supposed castle? The castle has a name, actually, and I need to tell you what the name is because it's got a brilliant name. It is called the Hellhold. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I live in the Hellhold in 18th century England, apparently, uh, during the Industrial Revolution, of course. Why not? All that means is you just get, to get a bunch of American people who can't do English accents to do very bad English accents, like Johannes. But yeah, bad. I think that, I think the map, yeah, I, the map is really cool. I think it's, there's a lot of areas that have a lot of verticality. It uses the upside. You were saying that even um, even Annie was impressed by the fact that they've sort of coded a game to work upside down for certain parts.
0: Yeah, she enjoyed is that. that? Right? um i was trying to think about the map the the bit the only thing i didn't think because I, I enjoyed the visual aspect of when you were like moving and this sort of camera would turn you know like if you were sort of going around oh, a circle yeah. and and there was that area and like it was up towards the top right where there was the big open area that was just a spiral the tower bit yeah my i found that quite difficult to navigate like you know like when you're trying to fill in gaps in the map <laughs> of course i find that really really hard to navigate because it just you would think like right i'm here and then you'd you'd move and you'd look around and you, your, your little dot has disappeared over the other side of the little square map. And yeah, that was, I was, mm. and because of the way that you've got to traverse it and there's bits where you've got to go up a hole to go right in and up again sometimes. And yeah, I struggled there, but map wise, I, I think I generally enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it's got a lot of, it's got, I mean, it's got a lot of areas that are very similar to things like Symphony mm. of the Night. You know, you've got a garden area, you've got, Little like ballroom areas, and you have got a yeah. tower and a clock tower, and all that. Even kind the, of stuff. a lot of
0: the enemies did that as well, though, right? Like, yeah. Even there was like those floating heads that would come in and that was <sighs> lifted directly out of Symphony Symphony Night or Castlevania games in general. I would guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were the, they were Medusa heads, which is weird, really, because if you think about a lot of what's in Castlevania, there's absolutely nothing stopping Igarashi from just taking it and putting it in this because it's all public domain. Yeah, Frankenstein. Medusa, that's all public domain shit. You could have just taken it. That's yeah. why Konami did it in the first place. Um, but yeah, when you when you first get those little floating things that hit you, and then the second ones come along that are yellow and then turn you to stone, it's just like, okay, mate. You, we're all fine with this. You you carry on doing exactly what you've been doing yeah. that we're thirsty as hell for. I, th- I think part of what makes the map as enjoyable as it is is obviously just the fact that they make... Really smart decisions on how to help you traverse it in an mm. efficient way. The the accelerator thing that you get when you can sprint, the upside down stuff. Obviously the teleporter rooms. It feels like they they kind of they did try their best to limit frustration for the player. Apart from furthering the story towards the end game, where you have to do things like find that one room with the blood moon in it and mm. hit it with a sword. Which if you don't remember where that is doesn't really give you a lot of help I guess that's the point of these games not to give you any help and just like you yeah, got to find true. your way around it's exploring search yeah. action or whatever go figure it out but it's you know it's got a mini map all the time classic mm-hmm. filling it in is, is there's something like endlessly satisfying about filling in these maps yeah. right And well now I can go to this bit oh there's that little bit in the top left hand corner of that room or well, now I can turn the room upside down and go get it go and get that uh, yeah I just love how these types of games like constantly just drip feed you ways to progress a little bit further. Apart from when, of course, when you then get completely stuck and lost in some somewhere, and then you're trying to figure out how the hell you're ever going to get anywhere, and you're mm-hmm. trying to go go through a tiny little map bit by bit, like where the hell have I not been that's actually going to get me the item that I actually need. I really, I quite liked the um, the reflector ray where you're bouncing it to get through tiny gaps. I absolutely love the shitness. Of the uh, underwater like jet stream where you're just like waving her arm round in yeah. circles and she just floats completely stationary <laughs> under the water. Just to, Oh, brilliant. That whole right arm thing's quite an interesting addition of just you've got I guess three sixty degrees of motion with it, the mm-hmm. firing projectiles and stuff. I guess we could talk about that actually. Yeah. Spells and shards and things is sort of the key mechanic of the game. Do you remember what your your favourites were in that regard?
0: My companion was that lad that went about with a spear stabbing people. I took him with me for most of the game, and I, because they're like companions, I just sort of get attached. He was the one I got quite early on, and just sort of stuck with him.
1: I would have said that that's that. Yeah, that is one of the weakest parts of that that whole system. I thought was the familiars, and I never felt really like he did a lot. No, because I had hit this this spear guy for a while. I ended up for bosses I was using the uh the book, the little book because mm-hmm. that would periodically like up your strength by, right like, okay cuz when i was,
0: was googling these builds towards the end of the game people kept talking about the the book as apparently the oh did they the decided best familiar
1: okay um, yeah, the little fairy is not that helpful. She will heal you if you buy special fairy potions. Ah, right, okay. But she she's very much like Sheva in Resi Five, oh, I'm just where she like, Oh, oh god! You've lost two HP. Here you go. Here's a fucking health potion. The um, I
0: liked the the hound, but as the game went on, it became less and less. Oh, useful. Is that a,
1: yeah, that's like an actual. That's a Y button spell. Yeah,
0: that's, that's right. Yeah. Um, and my other Y button spell. There was a period of the game where I just constantly had Peyton surrounding me.
1: That's, I reckon that's the best one mm-hmm. I, I can like a lot of the projectile stuff that you throw out of that as you say is quite situational like take this dogs and then they'll be on a platform above you and the dogs just fall off the bottom and yeah, just so many away. times like, and oh. the, like
0: the dog would like jump over the animals trying to make them hit and stuff like that <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can't think of what I used other than the yeah, to much extent other than those floating paintings which is just I remember you kept saying oh I'm trying to go through these rooms and there's just things pinging into me constantly and I said don't forget surround yourself with the paintings the old welcome company
0: yeah that was nice. great it changed the game at some point and just made like when you were grinding for potions and stuff towards the latter end of the game just so easy
1: just lap out that and just run into bats over and over again <laughs> <It was> so <laughs> yeah. good. i watched the speed run of this and it seems like they they kept using for the um for the right Trigger, you know, aiming with the right stick stuff. They were using that dragon head that you get from the boss. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I used that for quite a lot as well, but then I ended up with the void ray. I kept kept banging on about the void ray to you all the time. Have you got the void ray yet? I just loved it. It was just like a – it just like beam people Mm -hmm. in anywhere, and I just like completely abused that for the final boss or anything really. Just stand on the ceiling and just point this like ray of (laughs) dark energy at them and completely melt them. Do you have any more? Try to think of other ones that really jumped out. I
0: there was a lot I didn't engage with very much. The
1: well, there's there's one for every enemy in the game, so wow. Okay, so there's it's probably one that you can get then. Yeah, um, you'd have got an achievement if you did.
0: Yeah, I found like the, I found the for some reason my brain just couldn't remember how to get the fist out. I used to always have to Google oh, yeah. it every time I wanted to use that. I was
1: like, I can't remember how to use the fist
0: <laughs> every single to grab time. grab the old
1: Iron Maiden yeah and move them out of the way. Yeah. Which of course, yeah. Then after you, after you get the the, it's just pressing RB, isn't it? And after you get the accelerator where you just run super fast, none of my builds had the hand on it anymore, except the one shortcut. You can make shortcuts where you add, you know, set builds to certain. You hold down the left trigger and just press a direction. It's like a build wheel. I had one for like utilities sort of thing, just like here's where the reflector ray is, and the, yeah, okay. the armor that makes me invulnerable to spikes, and all the you know the shit that I don't want to have walking yeah. around. But if I need to do it, I don't want to have to go in and out and unequip. An
0: area of the map that I was I finished the game before I figured it out, but I was, I've spent a long time trying to pick like bootcases up with a fist because there's like a room that I couldn't get into because it was blocked off, and there was a button that you had to press to make the area drop. And obviously yeah. I had to get a bookcase on it and I could not figure out how to do that. Because even I thought, oh, if I turn the room upside down, the bookcase will fall down. And then I can sort of move it into position, but didn't didn't just stay stayed in position. Couldn't figure that out. I, at think
1: all. I, I think I remember having trouble with one of those types of rooms as well where I had to kind of like be holding onto it when I then inverted so that I could take the book. Oh, bet I pay that's that's it. Damn it. The shortcut thing is another is another element of them like putting a quality of life adjustment yeah, yeah. into these types of it games. needs it so you don't have to yeah, yeah. it really needs especially it. if you're just like you just need this one ability for one moment mm-hmm. and if you have this ability it takes away you've been able to do an actual attack mm-hmm. then yes i would like that at a press of a button and then get rid of it again at a press of a button
0: yeah and it makes like keeping items and actually thinking about the items you're getting a thing because up until that point until you sort of coerce me into messing with the builds and using the shortcuts. I was just I wasn't I mean I was I don't want to say I wasn't thinking about what I was doing, but I was basically looking for highest stats, most damage, yeah. and then attaching that and just ignoring everything else. Whereas actually messing about with the shortcuts and the in the different builds made me sort of engage with the game in a way that I hadn't up to that point, which is really really welcome. I think it's it's something I'm always I always enjoy when games encourage and reward you to sort of poke around with the mechanics a bit more than finding the Absolutely. thing that works for you and just riding that home
1: yeah and i i genuinely didn't expect it to be guns but the no whole time I was not at all about like i was just trying to get as, as you said just get the biggest bestest most powerful weapon possible i love how the passive shards we discussed this like as we we're right late game as we were playing it like the passive shards that you can get if you max those out which I believe is just by um, crafting stuff mm. with Johannes, so you eventually can get them all to like rank nine. Once you've got a passive shard to rank nine, you then get that passive effect all the forever, same, yeah. even if you've got it equipped or not. Which is great for having that like th- thing that shows you invisible walls. Having, having yeah. that open all the time was great. Um, but yeah, I was mainly just trying to find like a, the web, like you say, the ones that've got the blue up arrow instead of the red down arrow, because there's a exactly. lot. Of- stuff that you can unlock even like really far down Mm. the trees of who you can craft this a lot of it would just be like negative stats and there'll be things that give you like i don't know curse protection or you know there'll be certain rings that oh this one's going to go up based on how much money you've got or how many enemies you've killed or how much of the map you've unlocked and eventually they become useful but constantly having to remind yourself to check those things is i guess part of the part of the reward of as you say paying attention yeah and
0: it's a and it is a genuine reward i think to actually engage with that sort of stuff it makes the game feel different and sort of makes you feel it's always cool when these games make you feel clever like you've figured something out
1: yeah i actually did feel that way Mm because i I didn't look that up it just kind of i did all the cooking because i wanted to see what happens and then i was like hang on a minute this doesn't use any of the gun it's rad absolutely unbelievable the one that you only let me buy nine of okay Let's see what this is like. Are there any good bullets that I can buy? Oh, shit, there's loads of bullets. Okay.
0: Cause, yeah, because that was uh, yeah. an aspect of the game I just didn't even look at, was the different bullets and things like that, because i would be like, nah, not touching that.
1: Even when you get that hat, you're like, well, just the best ones, please. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> I think I bought nine of everything and thought, oh, some of these do poison. These might be, and, nah, I don't care. They don't do enough damage, so I'm not bothered. We've talked about cooking already. We could talk about the bosses. I don't really have anything else to talk about now yeah
0: what did you think of the bosses did you have any standout bosses did were there any that annoyed you i i do this thing in games i've noticed where there's some there's a particular boss that will be annoying the life out of me and i'll just get angry and angry and as soon as i beat the boss but oh that's quite good quite like that <laughs> i did that with the wifey is it is it is it miran the one that chucks blood around she's just called bloodless apparently yeah i hated her and then as soon as i beat I her i still do like, that was all right there was bits I didn't like like when she made it rain blood that felt harsh and that's
1: a that's a really like late on move in the in the Mm -hmm. fight as well she'll do that like when she's right down to her last bits of health which is when you feel like surely this must fight must be over soon because I kept I remember watching you play it and you kept getting her to like right down to that final phase and then she'd just make it rain blood and just you'd get absolutely melted immediately absolutely to try and like position yourself under those shitty umbrellas that are floating around. She's still walking towards you. There's a question for you. What do you think the merit of fucking collision damage is in these games? Do you think they should have it? Because to me, for normal enemies, I think that's fine, I guess, because Mm. they probably, you're eventually going to become so mobile and so powerful that you're not going to even, they're not even going to get a chance to try and lay an Mm. attack on you. So avoiding them is a very old school idea, but okay, fine. Mario has to avoid enemies still or he gets killed. So fair enough. But bosses like her, where she's fucking spamming like a, a tidal wave of blood while it's raining blood on you and all this kind of and she can just walk into you and do more damage per hit walking into you than your weapon does. To me, is bullshit.
0: It's it and just unfair. Did far too much damage because it wasn't like the hundreds, which was like it was, yeah, significant chunks of your health at that stage of the game. It it just felt like an unfair. I don't know. And again, now now that I'm actually thinking about this boss and going through it again, there are aspects of it that just felt poorly thought out. But I'm I'm sure they weren't, and I'm sure it was fine. But it just like it was like so you're making me do this 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 and this, and then you're going to add this needless take damage because she's like bum shuffled into the back of me. And, touch yeah. me with their fingers like uh, but i don't know so, sometimes i feel like why are you moaning about this stuff just you're moaning because you weren't good enough um yeah. but i do i do agree yeah. with you what it i get there's nothing that gives me rage in a game than something that's going to like sort of remove control from me for for a second mm. and like yeah that sort of like knock back little bit of damage because you tried to jump over her head as she decided to moonwalk at the same time and you end up landing <laughs> on her it's like <laughs> is there a way I could predict this because I'm not sure I can figure it out Um, yeah I I can see both which
1: is why the gun at least was a godsend by the end I don't have to worry about them touching me anymore because they're nowhere near me
0: the mechanic that he did quite often that I found that I didn't really get to grips with until the end of the game is like during bosses he does it a couple times he does it with those dragons Um, I think the 8-bit nightmare does it and there's a couple other times it does it the white have a wave attack at you and it'll be like something you've got to jump through. So it'll be like this wave mm. coming at oh, you and yeah. you've got to like jump. Th- I, that was something I really struggled with because it was a lot of these little bits were so narrow. But the game's not meant to be easy, is it? So maybe I'm just, I don't think I'm moaning. Um, I don't know what I'm doing.
1: I agree with you there. And I feel like every time something like that gets the best of me, its it's almost like I have to sit back and think like why am i shit at this like why am i getting my ass kicked Mm. and it feels like and i'm assuming you're probably going to agree with me here and it's across most games like this boss fights that involve not attacking the boss and just take like stepping back and avoiding damage i can't compute that shit if i'm not trying to hit you yeah i don't know what i'm doing I don't want to step away and jump over some shit and just wait for like two minutes while you get your attacks out the way and then I can attack you back. No, 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 no. I need to get to you and hit you in the face as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So I would die to that shit all the time because I'm just too greedy. Just to get greed on trying to hit him. It's greed because
0: I don't I don't know whether it's just years of playing games or it's like a personality thing or maybe just both. But like for some reason, it's been adopted into my brain that if, if I am not damaging an enemy, I am asking to be killed like I feel like, yeah. like when I go into a boss fight it's like this, this needs to die as quickly as possible <laughs> and I need to well, always like, be doing damage otherwise I'm asking for getting killed
1: yeah do you remember like, um, like Metroid Prime when Ridley flies away just excruciating yeah like come back <laughs> I can't attack you you're not even attacking me what's happening it's <laughs> going off for a cup of tea Oh, man. Um, What do you think to the final boss? You sounded as if you had some trouble with the final boss until, obviously, I showed you the broken build. I tried it, like, twice, and
0: then I got... I was... I think it's funny. Like, I I had used up most of my potions by the time I got to that final swirling part when you go Mm -hmm. through. um, And then I just ended up getting killed because... Of, it's like the lizard head, the the, the hitbox for that was slightly different size to the other lizard the other heads and it just kept catching me and killing me. <laughs> um but yeah, once the I think once I got the gun, I'd maybe use one potion, if that in the entire boss fight. Like it just it just was a total triviality, if that's a word. Like it was just was there's nothing to it whatsoever. So um yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um because like I say, I, I didn't try it enough with my Woos build and then when I was OP I just I barely even registered the different phases that she was go- that we were going through
1: yeah that's kind of how I and I had that build before I even tried it the first time so all like dominique and all of that just got absolutely rinsed the only thing that was annoying with that bail boss the the king of demons or whatever it is is the fact that it just like when he's like slithering around the edges sometimes he leaves you a platform stand on and other times he'll just go just overlap the platform and give you damage. And again, it's just oh, you've just touched me a little bit. Fine on the, on the bottom of my shoe.
0: <laughs> I only realised that that was a platform towards the end. I was like, oh, it's obviously just oh, the little area. floaty pink yeah, thing. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. just like an area of effect thing that I had to avoid. So I just stayed away. Yeah, from me it. too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I could go on the ceiling, right? So, oh yeah. Thanks for the platform, but I can just go up there. I don't. I don't really need
0: that. I think the bosses overall, there's a good variety to them. Like I was trying to run through some bosses in my head. So like, there's again, there's that dragon, the two dragon ones that there's quite unlike. That's anything. a pretty good boss fight. Yeah, yeah the, like the carpenter is really close quarters and tight. Um,
1: and he can so he can summon demons himself if you take long yeah.
0: enough. Yeah, and they don't die either because I killed the carpenter and the demons were still going about. <laughs> and had to go there and kill there. I realise
1: that yeah and then that makes that room even more claustrophobic as you say because yeah. they just they take up like two thirds of the screen well not not quite like that big bloke with his the massive in the land of the was it den of the behemoths oh yeah yeah It's called Va- Valefar Valafar. looks like some kind of weird jester thing he's um well I can't remember what he's attacked him oh he's trying to make spikes come at you isn't he but if you have oh, that armour yeah, okay. you had yeah. that armour on so it didn't even hurt you yeah
0: um, yeah, I, I I like, I think overall I quite like the variety of the bosses and the eclectic nature of the sort of set design as well as the enemy design just sort of lent it in. That, like you just never really knew what was coming at you. Like it could be That's something true. absolutely mental or it could be like a woman that spurts blood at you. It could be, yeah, it was, I, I, I thought could it was be, great.
1: So, could, could be a Kickstarter back as cat. Yeah. Stood there in the background. That I think that is the massive cats and dogs are incredible. That
0: incre- incredible and I enjoyed them. I'm not sure I'm into the idea of Kickstarter backers sort of it, it's the same I guess it's the, the extension of the same argument when we speak about live service games and that there's no way that Call of Duty looks how it does just now if if they can't sell you skins. And then Battlefield mm. One, for example, looks the way it does because they can sell you skins and if they couldn't sell you skins the the art direction of the game might be very different yeah i'm not sure how i feel about having people's what, what i don't know if that's true or not but what look to be people's pets
1: yeah i'm just going to double check. And then, yes so poltergeist enemy description on the bloodstain wiki a canvas with portraits of the backers from the kickstarter campaign
0: but then a flip of that i would have very much enjoyed it if i came across an alex portrait
1: oh my god that would have been so good yeah me just like yeah that would have been brilliant and you just have to beat the shit out of yeah me.
0: or you somehow if you be, if you were one of the the friends portraits you just hovered around in there the whole time yeah
1: that would have been good I swear one of them oh no, yeah one of them is Igarashi isn't it because that's the one where you go to the 8-bit nightmare oh that is was that the very last, that's the very last room I found to get my 100% Or was it completion was that room yeah that was obviously another kickstarter stretch goal Mm -hmm. was uh, getting that eight bit nightmare thing. I think, I
0: think that's maybe what I'm getting at is that I, I have a fair confidence in that if I didn't know anything about this game and you'd showed it to me blind, I'd have been able to tell you it was a Kickstarter game. You think? Yeah. I I think I would have because of the paintings and because of the, I was going to say because of the, the cats and the dogs and stuff like that, but everything else is so weird that I guess the enemy types kind of fit. Yeah, I, they, I would need they to... fit
1: in the mad world of Iger's brain. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, I think that's maybe what all I feel comfortable and really staying is. I think. I think I could. Just, I think it's got a right stink of Kickstarter about it.
1: And now, yeah, now you've played um, Symphony of the Night. You'd probably be like, "Man, this game is exactly like Symphony of the Night." Did Konami make this? Yeah. And then you'd, somebody would be like, "Nah, the, the guy left and did it himself." You're yeah. Like, there you go. There you go. But I'm fucking glad that he did because. I, in terms of you know, I've played yours. This is a genre that you are coming into now and realizing that you've actually got a real fondness for it. And we're moving on with things like Metroidvania mm-hmm. to play more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, having played like a lot of his older games and stuff, this is still like this is like right up there, top two or three. Is Castlevania the, the best, played. or have you got like a Metroid one up there? If you're no, you- it's, pro- it's probably yeah, it's probably. Symphony of the Night, um, Super Metroid, Metroid Dread. This, um, I can't think of too many others that have been like challenging those a lot. I've never really been a big fan of. um, And spoiler alert for anybody hoping we're going to cover it: uh, Hollow Knight. I'm not massively into that. Never played Hollow Knight. Actually, yeah, Blasphemous was pretty cool.
0: I think um, so. The ones that because I've not played a a huge amount. In fact, even list them like one hand probably the amount of these games i could play especially outside of our podcast um ori and well will of the wisps the is blind the forest fun. yeah that's yeah, it will of the second one isn't it um yeah i think traversal and that game's up there for me in terms of it just being yeah. fun to move around the environment um as was Guacamele. that was fun just oh, to of move course
1: around. yeah guacamelee's are up there as well yeah that's probably top three With
0: um symphony of the night in this probably it's probably more fun to move than the environments in this game although the the speed thing really changed things because she is quite plodding
1: she she's got yeah she's kind of similar to again i mean you could guess this right now i watched the speed run what do you think the speed running technique is is
0: it is it skidding on your knee like that slide kick thing? yeah it's just
1: but oh no it's backstepping oh
0: backstepping right okay
1: like uh, Symphony of the Night, just constantly backstep all the way, moonwalk all the way through the game.
0: It's so Which weird is, when stuff does that.
1: Yeah, but you're right. She is quite slow, and a lot of the times I did think to myself, like, is the sliding going to make this quicker? Or I think that if you do like the the downward kick, that can get you across big gaps. Oh, really? Um, fast. You know, you do like you yeah, do two jumps and then you do the downward kick thing. So a lot of parts of the speedrun there, like if they've got a big enemy that's taken up the screen, they would like just do that, spam that and bounce across his head. <laughs> which is quite fun. But once you get the upside down and the sprinting thing, you you can blast through it. It's like I said earlier on, it's that's what these games are always building up to. It's like getting the screw attack in Super Metroid where you can just fly across every single screen of the game. It's um it's always so worth getting that far and just getting to the point where you're like, This look at how much I can just yeah. break this game now. I have to don't have to care about anything in any room. I'm just on the ceiling legging it. It's it's such a cool feeling. Yeah. The one that they entirely push you towards as part of the game's mechanics. It does it
0: really yeah, shows. and I think I think probably better than most that these well, these Eager games, because Castle uh, Castlevania does it as well, is like just giving you that ultimate power fantasy at the end where you just think, mm. like, I've put all this work and effort in I've just become this master of this game and yeah. I suppose that these games are good at that, aren't they? In, in a way, they're, they they sort of make you work to do different things, and then once you sort of put it together, it's just like all hell breaks loose. Because I don't remember the again, like I want to say we didn't break the game, but you know what I'm getting at? Like we 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 changed the the goalposts with our this gun build, but. I can't even. What was the final boss in Castlevania like? Was it particularly difficult? I don't remember having that much of a tough time. I had a tough time with the Metroid final bosses.
1: What is it, what in Symphony of the Night? Is that um? I can't is remember. Is not Dracula, is, is it? it? Dracula? I know you fight Dracula at the beginning as as Richter. I have no forgotten. Alucard what it is. goes back and I say it must be, but it's like a big floaty version, isn't it? It's like oh, a massive the, floating the, demon okay. thing, and that all that crazy psycho backgrounds going on to
0: sort of try and jam my rubbish point that i've clearly not made because i was talking rubbish um (laughs) the final bosses are never the hardest what i find the hardest part of these games for some reason yeah
1: because at that point at that point you've had time to do what we did and make it easier for yourself but it's the earlier bosses in the game that always just wreck you and you feel like i don't yeah i am like, should i be here have i gone too far like this shouldn't be this difficult the blood lady was the the one for me as well yeah. Oh, Zangetsu the got first, me a couple of times, the yeah. The first Zangetsu fight as well, where you've done very little of the game. Yeah. It just wrecks you. Mm-hmm.
0: Next up, have we got anything else to talk about, Alex, when it comes to Bloodstains? I'll I, I leave,
1: like... I leave, I leave the floor open to you if you have anything you want to add. I can try to think of like closing thoughts.
0: I think overall, it's an absolutely amazing game. I had, I had a great, great time with it. And when this game clicks, it clicks up there with the best of these sort of metroidvania games that i've played and i think it probably for me it sits neatly behind castlevania at the moment is my favorite one of these games as someone that doesn't really have a massive catalog of experience with them it's one and two for me i absolutely loved it i think i'm more of a and it's funny because it depends on the mood i was going to say i'm more of a fantasy guy than i am a sci-fi guy but i don't think that's true at all I don't know but yeah overall it's good um a couple bugs um like say like there's a a, i got hit so hard by that dragon enemy that fell through the floor and then was just able to walk up (laughs) behind it it's attacks only face in the middle side but it'll just stand behind it and kill it then how you had the enemy that um fell through the floor that you could kill my game seemed to stop letting me sell certain items that was confusing me oh yeah you
1: had some that just weren't showing up in the store to sell them even yeah though they were not being equipped or anything and they yeah. weren't
0: part of any they weren't any special item or part or attached to any quest i was aware of there was a couple of times i thought i fought you know like when you take on a, a quest to kill enemies yeah and um, i had that little green scroll on the map i would kill yeah. every enemy in that room and then not get any sort of progression towards these <laughs> missions um, so yeah I, did, I encountered a few bugs but again it goes back to the fact that I mean it, it wasn't enough to ruin the game for me mm. um, it was enough to annoy me at certain points or just confuse me sort of add another layer of confusion to a game that I'm already baffled by um, yeah it's, it's probably more of a, like a negative though than like a real sort of deal breaker yeah Um. but yeah it was overall great I love the the weapon build stuff i think for the most part i enjoyed the boss fights and just sort of traversing the areas and like you say like the the size of the map meant that when you went to a new area you never actually knew what you were going into and it was so mm-hmm. different that I, I quite enjoyed that because and again this may be wrong <coughs> but for the most part castlevania was largely a castle is that right or have i just forgotten it was definitely things?
1: like an underwatery bit there I don't think there was like a desert and a fire, like lava area in it, and an ice world. I'm pretty sure they weren't in the castle. Yeah,
0: so like this game, he sort of it felt like the shackles were off in a way that allowed him just to do whatever the hell he wanted.
1: And I just love that he seems to have been fully like vindicated for doing it. Yeah. And like he, yes, it took the ages. Yes, it was obviously delayed, and yes, they probably won't ever meet all their stretch goals at this point. But his decision to break out on his own and Bring in people that he trusted to help make a game that he is well known for and is widely revered as the one of the forefathers of creating he 's not a fraud the The guy is legit and his games are still great even when he 's not got backing of Konami. I just hope that for the if there is a sequel that he has a you know a, a studio actually puts some effort and money behind it to back him to make it even better
0: yeah it's it 's also nice to see that sort of I guess you would sort of class him as an auteur, wouldn't you? Like like yeah. these like, video game auteurs, like uh, Kojima is the big one that thinks that, like Kojima wanted out of Konami and he wanted nothing to do with Metal Gear Solid anymore. Like the stuff he seems to be doing is very different now. Whereas yeah. Igarashi, is that right? Um, he seems yep. to be perfectly content. He's found his lane. He's found the type of game he enjoys making and playing. And he's happy to do that. It's quite a nice, wholesome story because a lot of people... In his position, get sick of what they do and want to go and do something That's true. different. But we'll see. What, I guess we'll see what he does next. Because I was looking at his Wikipedia, mm. and he hasn't done anything in a little while. There was that R-type game, but he seemed to just get a special thanks on it
1: rather than actually be attached to it in any meaningful way. Yeah, yeah. I feel maybe we're due an announcement for a sequel to this mm-hmm. in in the summer.
0: Do you think he goes Kickstarter again, or do you think he's done enough to warrant a publisher well, backing him?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I'm hoping he can get a publisher behind him, but he—he's obviously he's the founder of this Art Play Studio, so perhaps not. They made a lot of, like I say, they've sold well, they've sold over a million copies. I think they've done quite good um, business on the other two games as mm-hmm. well. So perhaps they're self-sustaining enough that they don't need that anymore. That they can just kick on, but.
0: Yeah, be interesting we shall see we shall see what we've we got up next alex it's one of my choices though isn't it so i suppose i should tell yes. them what's up next we're going to play yes. we're going to round off metroid metroidvania with uh I, th- I suppose this is quite a different one of these type games isn't it it's a very much so yeah it's a little bit out of the box uh we're going to be playing some shadow complex which i've already started i don't know about you alex have you been digging in
1: well, you know my trials and tribulations with <laughs> it i You have been night.
0: having them, yes. Um, I'm having a good time with it so far. It's it's very unlike any other one of these games that I've played in a way that feels... Your hand is certainly held a lot more and it feels shorter, but we'll see.
1: It will definitely be shorter. Mm-hmm. We actually... That was one of the mentions we had on Twitter, wasn't it? Um, from uh, at SquidKid94, who says, uh, you have to discuss... Uh, I, th- I think he thought we were going to get more done than we actually do, but we've um, <laughs> got to discuss Omega Strike, The Mummy Demastered, Zeo Drifter, and Shadow Complex. So I've already mentioned. You're going to get one. You are. Yes, you're in luck. You're going to get one of them, and that is the one, Shadow Complex, which was, as you and I discussed earlier on today, epic at the height of Gears of War, Came just along with doing this a random weird box of spin-off thing. Yeah, yeah. Which it's mi- no, it's not a north, isn't it? No. Oh it yeah, north? it is
0: no north at being. As no one north as he can be,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) But yeah, you've got that to look at. You've got that to look forward to, which I suppose brings us towards the close of another episode of the Resurrected Winners You podcast. So it's time to pack up, lights off, lock the doors, head back to our hovels to prep for the next episode, which, as we've just said, is going to be Shadow Complex. For some reason, that is that is such a bog standard. Like nothing, name that it is not good in my head. It is just like. Yeah, it's, it's so. Space awful. Marine. It's just like so bland. Anyway,
1: the two words that mean absolutely nothing uh, to do with the game and nothing. They have no relation to each other. Shadow nope. and complex are like two completely different things. Doesn't make any sense.
0: No sense whatsoever. <laughs> If you enjoyed what I heard if you enjoyed what you heard today, and even if you didn't, please subscribe to us on your on your podcast feed of choice, and then please think long or hard about leaving us a five star review. Alex and I don't get paid for this, so you may as well thank us by giving our egos a wee stroke. It helps grow the show and we really do appreciate it. If you're listening to this, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel by heading over to YouTube and typing a winner is you podcast into the search bar and then clicking that we subscribe button. Should you desire, you can also get in touch and tell us what you thought about any of the games we've covered over the years by firing us an email over to a winner pod at gmail.com. And you can keep up to date with the latest goings on over here at a winner is you towers by following us on Twitter at winner is you pod or give me a follow on Twitter at DavidSmiley1 or Alex, a follow at SuperThrillix. Alex, have you any other business or is it time to bounce out of here?
1: Let's get out of here, son.
0: And on that bombshell, I have been David, he has been Alex and we have been a winner as you. Bye. What do I normally say? And I'm out. And I'm out.
1: <laughs> Keep gaming and kill those murderers, digged!